0: Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glenn Roy. And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast, where three hair whipping, heel strutting Jamaican queens talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora,
1: and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise.
2: We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea.
1: bada.
0: I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Why you uh... know what? i get to the owl now. Oh, damn.
2: <laughs> How do um, we have our oh, We have owl. Oh. Oh.
0: I cannot do that. Oh, oh, oh. I can't do the oh, roll. No. I can't. Uh-uh. I try off it. like I try all well, you. I look to you and everybody Look, But we can't do it. I'm going to feel like I'm a half a day. Because we can't do it. Take away a gold star. How have y'all been doing? What have y'all been up to? My goodness.
1: I don't know. Teaching still. I'm marking all the papers or grading all the papers. I don't know. I don't know. It's been pretty uneventful. I'm still doing... Oh, actually, you know what it is? So I'm teaching. I'm working. I'm doing all the things. But I find engaging in recreational activities like volleyball and dancing and stuff is much harder since it started snowing. And now I don't want to leave the house or go anywhere. Or I'm just like, after the degree after the is done, I'm just trying to like get in um so i need to figure out how to make these activities like still enticing despite the shitty weather that's going on outside so please let me I start
2: talking about the call <laughs> i'm gonna know what going on outside i'm gonna know what matter nature i keep up but that cold weather and that blistering that wind and ugh, i don't have a jacket thick enough or a coat thick enough to handle what's going on outside i never feel ready when it's time for winter And that's always talk about things that grinds my gears. That's one of those things. I don't, I don't have the time, but besides that, this whole Trump impeachment thing has been, has been bothering me for a minute. Like, well not for a minute, but since it started, like I've been trying to keep up with it. I'm usually so like far removed from politics, but as a student of public administration, I've realized that that's not a very effective strategy. So I've been really trying to get on all that's going on in this American political world and political culture but I'm gonna shut up because I'm not able for him sending people in to me. But yeah, impeach Trump. That's all.
1: So wait, are they actually? Is this? I haven't been following that following in that closely. But is this like a legit process? Is it like an actual thing, or are people just like?
2: Yeah. So to- what they're doing now, I think, is like starting the the like the investigations and so on, trying to establish. Well, the case has been presented already, right? And so now it's just like the proceedings of trying to interview key people that I guess would help to make this happen by gathering evidence against him on those counts and charges or whatever it is that they're accusing him of. But I don't know. I get the sense that people aren't necessarily hopeful, but they really want it to happen. Um, but it's also that coming to the end of his first term and they're fearing that he might be reelected. It's just all these like crazy things. I'm more concerned because he has like very dangerous policies or he has individuals who has very dangerous policies for the immigrant community and the LGBTQ community and um, policies that further disenfranchise um, Black people. So now I'm just like, we better be woke, sis. You need to get up. Ignorance is not bliss.
0: Speaking of yeah. which, and speaking yes,
2: of. China, uh,
0: so, funny enough, so there's this new. i uh, you know, me have to take the time talk. But there's this new US ambassador uh, in Jamaica named Donald Tapia. And he came out swinging strong about the Jamaican relationship with um, China and how we need to be careful and the ways in which um, the Chinese can't be trusted. He came out swinging with his tweeting and comments and whatever. Anyways, the, gleaner, the the good folk at the gleaner decided they were not having it. So I have to read an excerpt from the editorial today because I read it and I was like,
2: Oh,
0: know no, <laughs> so, how um, a portion of it, so Mr. Tapia should be given a message about where Jamaica's foreign policy is form- is formulated, which oughtn't to be foggy bottom, neither is it done as the former JLP Minister, Prime Minister sorry Bruce Golding, famously declaimed during the Christopher Coke imbroglio at Ligany, where Mr. Tapia now has offices, and girl from this so, the letter just gets terrible. Go to go down, and I read, and I drag, and I go on. But I went go to set. In any event, Donald Trump's notion of foreign policy and diplomacy is vulgarly short-term and transactional. He, for instance, had no qualm in abandoning the Kurds in northern northeastern Syria, in weakening America's 70-year partnership in NATO, in attempting to barter military aid to Ukraine for dirt on a political opponent, in seeking to dismantle the post-war multilateral arrangements in which countries like Jamaica find some insulation, or, for no obvious reason except perhaps self-interest, overturn a long-standing bipartisan certitude of American politics, being wary of anyone who holds power in the Kremlin. I go far. The gleaner decided that they were tired of U.S. and their behavior and went off. And I was like, yes, sis, yeah, you, don't no afraid of nobody. So that has been something that I've been paying keen attention to, especially since um, there have been some visa issues. <laughs> and nobody don't know yeah, what Yeah, I heard. Oh wait, let me just say you
2: know what's like, yeah. so about this visa issue.
0: Oh, let oh, me oh, no. fly
2: the gate from my people. Um,
0: no, and like a minister of government of them visa cancel. I wouldn't know why. I don't know, and then a oh, oh. minister of them visa cancel. I wouldn't know why. So, I'm, so oh, man, wow. I am something we are watch things ca we don't know what's the team and what
2: Scandalous. is scandal and beard things.
0: So I'm out all of that, yeah you so much as me really do the I am. I just I watch and I look and I'm like what? Oh, and another thing that it, um, I, I find funny, because I know, remember we did the um, the Dancehall and Queerness episode like two weeks ago. And then after that, this whole, <laughs> this picture came out of somebody in Dance hall called Ganguly. And Goody, you know, one piece of picture
2: today. I do no but see the picture. Yeah. yeah, talk about it, Glenn, right? Talk about well, it, but- it
0: uh- and put it with a bad bag. I'm say, but Jesus, look at this. And I'm like, exactly. Colophonia? Exactly. Dance all sorts of that queer elements, And also, there was this article that came out that says by 2022. Um, Dancehall will have an open openly gay artist um, by um, somebody that works, in a, a producer, I think. And I found that very interesting, given the conversation that we had and how you had ended it about when Dancehall opens up space for queer artists, then, you know, then we can see how queer it is. So all of that, like, it was just very interesting, the proximity of those things happening um, to the discussion that we had. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited to go on a and so on so
2: 2022. 2022. A, a, a couple <laughs> of years. Still one And then of course some messy people on Twitter Mostly was like, yeah, but I already have that, 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 that,
0: that, But I don't know who they could be talking about. <laughs> oh gosh. Empty who, before we drone on too long in what is happening in the world. Um, uh, Cornell, can you tell us about today's episode and what we plan to talk about? Sure. Uh, So today
1: we are talking about body image, desirability, self-love, self-acceptance, and how we came into, you know, ourselves and what our experiences have been like in terms of how we've been received by the the queer community in terms of our aesthetics, you know, the extent to which we are seen as attractive by other men in, in the community and maybe some of the problems we've had in terms of seeking, I guess, validation from some of these folks. But yeah, body image stuff. I feel like it's a really big, you know, topic or issue for a lot of um, queer men. Uh, I've having, yeah, I mean, I've been having ongoing conversations with uh, some friends about the fact that, you know, gay culture is really toxic for a number of reasons. But it's one of those things where we end up falling into the the trap regardless so like we are aware of some of the issues in terms of how we treat each other but then we end up perpetuating and replicating some of these issues within our own kind of social network so i kind of wanted to take this opportunity to reflect on some of that stuff and maybe try to wait try to figure out you know ways to cultivate a better a better kind of sociality um for us
0: so before we do so body image so i mean So before we start with the story of our own personal journeys, I'm going to just be honest about what my position is on this issue. Um, Simply, three word, or four, the gays are vain. And because the gays are vain, all of these issues that we're talking about are going to manifest in all sorts of ways because uh, I come from that fundamental premise that the gays are vain. So we can talk. Okay, so it's funny that you say that because a few years ago, a friend
1: of mine. So his position was like, well, men are kind of like wired to be what is it like visually? Uh, like they, they are, I don't know. There's this is the kind of biological argument argument about like you know men are naturally more like visual people, and so they're far more interested in what people look like than women might be. Which is I don't know. I was like deeply uncomfortable with the with with the kind of argument that 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 he was making. But I don't know if I want to. I don't know how comfortable I am with this idea that. Okay, fine. Yes, the gays are vain, but like, should we accept that? I guess is, is what I'm trying to ask. Like, are we taking that as a as a firm um, constant? I guess
2: I wouldn't say it's a firm constant, but I would say that there is some amount of validity to it. And I'm not like I said, I I like to be able to um, I don't know justify things, not justify, but be able to have a reason for certain things without necessarily accepting it as the full truth or the fact, right? So I see where that argument is coming from and I see some type some element of validity in it, but I wouldn't use it to excuse all that we've especially what well, I've I, I statements, I've experienced within the um the 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 gay community on the gay scene and so on and so forth and as somebody that has kind of like a feminine aura or is in touch with his feminine side or whatever ways we want to phrase it i could see why people would say that you know some women are more inclined to look at the character or the aura of a man as opposed to what he actually looks like because my girlfriends will tell you, I've been known to date, and I. this is where the the, the the vein or the vanity comes in. I've been known to date some projects, Um, the ones that, you know, if you saw them, you wouldn't necessarily, like, they're not the type to step out in, I don't know, head to toe, like looking put together or whatever, but you kind of take them on and you put Some work into them And voila It's like magic Um, So I kind of see Where that statement comes Mm. from Again Not necessarily justifying The Like the toxicity Mm. Of the statement Or the kind of harm That it does um, Mentally and emotionally To people Does that make sense? I was trying not to sound Too crass (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, So in my mind When we say The gays are vain Or when I say The gays are vain I'm thinking through Something that we've mentioned before Like the obsession With youth so the younger the queen that steps out, the more attention she gets. The obsession with, I mean, I guess in certain white spaces, the white, white twink obsession, but then in black spaces, uh, Hypermasculine obsession and what that therefore means, and then the fact that muscle queens are in, and because muscle queens are in, fem guys and g- thicker queens are pushed to the side, because now you have a muscle queen who you can walk publicly on the road and not feel like you're being exposed, and so the kind of currency that comes with that, so those kinds of things, the gays are vain because, and I can admit to that in the term in the kinds of uh, vanities that I engage in when I, depending on the spaces that I'm in, so when I'm using the yellow pages and what I go for. Um, and the ways in which I may contribute to that kind of toxic culture of visual first. But it's not something to say this is how it is and it will never change. It's to acknowledge that we do have a problem in our community and kind of how we treat people based on just what we see in front of us visually and assign value based on what is visually represented. Um, And I think I just want to start from the place that we acknowledge that there's a fundamental problem in that visual
2: scent, that centering of the visual. Mm-hmm. But okay. those people, sorry, Corner. what about those people who would argue that I like what I like? It's not that I'm vain. I like what I like. Like what's, what do we say to those people who stand firm in that, in that notion or with that stance that it's not that I'm vain. If I want somebody who is, who could serve you, butch queen or who, could, who has the muscles and the body and blah blah blah? I'm not discriminating against somebody that's fat. I just like what I like. What 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 do we say to those type of people? To so that camp?
0: I mean, I, I mean, and I think if I'm being honest, that camp includes me because I'm not necessarily a person who readily would readily date somebody who is. Thicker, so I'm gonna acknowledge my own. I I mean, my own flaws and my own limitations. But I have to come from the place where I acknowledge that my I am influenced by standards of beauty. I am influenced by a society that tells me that to be skinny is more valuable than to be thicker. I am influenced by a society that tells me that what makes a man attractive is big muscles, is a deep tone, is a kind of heavy beard. And yes, people have interests outside of the, the the standard but the truth is the standard is what is pushed in our face and the standard is what um oftentimes we see and internalize and to act as if that doesn't impact how we generally engage with people, assign value to people is limiting and is no one is forcing us to say like what you don't like. It's about acknowledging that there is there there, there is a there's a larger social systemic force that gets us to up, up assign value in the way that we do. So that tells us that this person is more attractive than this person generally. And by acknowledging that, we can start to do the work to see people beyond the physical. And that may not mean you end up dating people that you aren't organically attracted to. It may mean that you find better ways of communicating non-interest to people. You find better ways of letting people know that this won't work out for whatever reasons without shaming them. Because there's there's a huge gap between I am not interested in you and shaming you, and I think one of the problems with the vanity within the LGBT community is that we go straight to shaming a lot of times, especially on the yellow pages. That like we don't give up like we go, go straight to a no fats, no feds, boom. So you said you were you were talking
1: about how to communicate lack of interest without shaming, and then you went blank.
0: Oh but what i was saying is that there's a big gap between it um and so when we use that so apps like grind and the, the yellow pages that we we call them the yellow pages we go right. straight to no fats, no fans and that's it um i don't want to be i don't want to deal with you go to the gym or, so we say things like that rather than finding much more humane ways of saying you know i'm just not into you um I, you know and i think that is a part of the problem that we because we're so invested in a sort van, of vanity that we forget the human, that we forget that people are more than meat. All right, hi,
1: folks. Sorry about that. We were having some bit of technical difficulty. difficulties a lot. I can't even say the words all of a sudden. Um, yeah, we were, having...
0: A <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we we're having some issues, uh, but we are back with you to continue this conversation. Uh, we do have a new guest with us, so. Can I get our good, good friend, Aray, to say howdy to the folks? Hi. Um, (laughs) Welcome here. (laughs)
0: Welcome.
1: Yeah. All right. So I believe Glenroy was um, in the middle of saying a few things. Uh, So if you could just kind of give us a quick summation of what your main points were.
0: So basically, because, you know, I come from the frame of the geyser vein, and what I'm thinking through is that we are heavily focused on the visual and there are orderings of society. There are systems that tell us what, what is beautiful and what is valuable. And because of that, we have developed unhealthy ways of shaming people in like on the yellow pages and in the spaces that we engage with bodies. And I think we have to begin to acknowledge that that's a problem and find better ways of... Um, responding to people who have interest in us and nobody's saying that you have to date people who you don't like because I'm never going to date somebody that I'm, I'm not attracted to. But it's one, acknowledging that that attraction is informed by something and also with that knowledge, treating people better.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, there were a few things I wanted to respond to in terms of that. So I think often when we have this conversation about, well, I like what I like and not forcing people to... Um, date or to pursue something or to go along with a kind of social interaction where they feel like they aren't attracted to this person. I get that, but I feel like it often ignores things like racism and fatphobia um, and fenphobia um, even, because there's still an argument to say that, well, you actually don't know this person. So like how do you know whether or not there is a possibility that you might be attracted to them? Um, But also, how are your own... Uh, sexual preferences or romantic interests like informed by some of these larger issues. The other thing, and I mean, I'm hoping at some point we can have a more extensive conversation about shaming on the social absence stuff. Cause that's actually really gross. Some of the things that people say to each other, but um, it was interesting to me. So you, cause you, you were saying something earlier about like not uh, being interested or not necessarily pursuing uh, kind of any kind of sexual or romantic engagement with someone who's a little bit thicker and a while back I was having a conversation with my students around the words that we re- we use around fatness and we often avoid the word like fat because some of us believe it's an insult um, and I mean I'm not saying that you were that that you are doing this but it, there's this idea of well, we're going to be like oh someone's curvy or like thicker or we're using all of these euphemistic work instead of being like oh well the person's fat I'm like that's an objective statement without it being without it being tied to a kind of stigma of like not being unattractive so that's something i just wanted to like put out there as a a general note um but i mean what have been some of i guess everyone's experiences in terms of the things that okay gays say the wildest thing so if you could think about some of the statements that you've come across online or I've heard of, like what do people say typically?
0: But before I uh, or res- before I respond to that second bit, it's just to clarify that. As a skinny bitch, I'm right. around saying the word fat until I'm given license to because words, I mean, much as that word might be affirmed by somebody who is bigger, when it comes from someone like me, it can be read as insulting because you know who says something make can impact how it's received. So that's why I... I t- stay away from it until I'm given license to. And I try not to use it in a pejorative way. You know, Jamaicans will have this, you know, we like the big fat ass thing and that combination together. But even that I try to avoid because say, given my positionality of somebody who is skinny, then that way they can become very problematic. But if I think about some of the wildest things the gays have said to me, I think it's, I mean, because for me, the issue of my femininity always comes up. And I guess it's just the idea that I'm interested in men, not women. And so what I want is a man to act like a man. That is something even if they don't say to me, they say it around me. And when they're not saying it to me, or they're saying it in general, I read it as just still saying this about me.
1: Okay. Um Orain, Nico, do you have any stories that you wanna share?
3: So yeah, um, in the gay community, I'm, I'm categorized as a beer type. I'm tall, I'm chubby, and black. I guess, yeah. My experience um, on the yellow them <laughs> is uh, close to like fifty, like fifty percent of the time. Um, it's when you go scrolling, or you see this person that you might have some interest in. As soon as you go on the page, the first thing you see is like. No fats, no femme. and it does sometimes discourage you to actually want to interact with anyone on those type of page anymore. You know, you do have one and two type um, where you can actually have the conversation with them, and then um, they're so okay, they're cool with your type i guess my, my 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 body type i guess so it's 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 a little bit difficult when 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 you're actually trying to not really say when, when you're trying to find someone to talk to and probably see more in it but then you, as soon as you go on it just say no fights no fam so it becomes a little bit difficult
1: Kareem, I know you've been saying you've said in a few episodes that if you weren't with your man now, you're not sure you would be dating. Like, what what has it been like for you in the
2: past? Um, I mean, so for me, the it was the same encounter with the no fats, no fems. But interestingly, Nico always tells me, "Oh, bitch, shut up, you're not fat," blah blah blah. And it's kind of I mean, like this not we're not knowing where you fit, not knowing. Who likes what? So, and I'm saying this because when I was in Jamaica, right? Um, for those who don't know, I'm a size 36 waist in pants. So, If you're like, you like, one want to buy me something, size 36. But I'm a size 36 waist, right? And um, I've been a size 34, 36. Back in Jamaica, I was like distinctly a size 34, at least when I was actually like dating and so on. I was a size 34. And... I would get rejected on the Jamaican scene because men would tell me I'm too big, like I'm too fat. Um, People would use names like Fluffy, um, Tikaz, Big big Gal, like those were kind of like the words. And then when I came here with that mindset, like, okay, I'm fat, um, I came here, the men here would be like, what? No, you're average, like 34, 36 is considered average. Anything you know, thirty-eight, forty, up in those regions is kind of starting to consider fat, and then they start wondering about how t- well. How tall are you? And and that's it's, it's funny because those are the questions they would ask me. Like, what size pants do you wear? And I'm like, I'm a size thirty-four. And they go, well, how tall are you? And I'm six feet. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that kind Wait, of. Wait, so, asking you
1: what size pants you wear—that's a thing now
2: yeah what well, was it was a thing when i was dating on the yellow pages like it was like okay what size like what size what's your waist size like you've never filled out the application and they ask you your height your weight and your like your waist oh, my which goodness. app did it i think adam for adam did it what was that glenmore
0: listen nobody never asked me that yet them tailor-made um question no oh my I'm
2: so where they have asked me that on countless occasions like what's your waist? As in they would ask, like when I tell them, they would ask me how tall I am. Like that's always like the, the sequence of those questions because I guess in their mind, if I was like five, like I guess five something with a size 34, 36 it would signify that I'm fatter mm-hmm. or chubbier around the waist area. Um, but I guess since I was taller, it I don't know, even doubt, or presented itself well, or something. But those are the questions that I would get, and so I was always like moving in between those words where I was fat in Jamaica, but here I was just average, considered just average, or shoot, somewhat like attractive to some, like to some other men. Um, which was always I never quite understood what that was or what accounted for that. But even beyond that, um, beyond mm-hmm. my size, my um, femininity, my femininity would disqualify me maybe like 75% of the times anyways. Or if it didn't, then it wasn't the case where they'd want to be seen like in public with me because I'm so feminine and I would out them or for the Jamaica story. So when it wasn't the weight issue, it was like my level of outness or my femininity that um, mm-hmm. would sometimes disqualify me on the on, on, on the dating scene. And
0: you, Cornel, how have people kind of responded to, I guess, you physically in in these kind of spaces? And I guess what we can start to think about, how has it affected our conception of ourselves? Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I'm i curious to hear a little bit more about the, the weight piece, because I feel like that was a really big thing for maybe, well, I'm assuming for a lot of um, gay men. So I don't know um, if folks have other stories about that, but... In terms of my experience, so in high school, I mean, I think we've talked about, the, well, we have talked about the F5 on a previous occasion. And I think for a long time, I always felt like, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure each one of us had like varying degrees of insecurity um, at some point in the group, but I always felt like I was the least, well, for like, I don't mean, okay, I th- we were talking off offline the other day about like the this language of like commercialism in terms of like how uh, gay men's bodies are portrayed or described. And I was just about to say that I felt like the least commercially viable, which is like a really gross way of of seeing it. But uh, part of it had to do with my body type because I felt like in high school, um, like short and skinny was very much in, and I was neither of those things. Um, I was also, I mean, I still am the darkest one out of the members in that group. So like and I'm not necessarily the most, you know, socially outgoing. Um so that was like a really weird thing. When I left Jamaica for school in Canada, for most of my undergrad I was dealing with um middle aged white men who were interested in this idea of like the mythical black mandingo type figure. And so that was really um unsettling and strange. It still happens now even, but One so one of the problems that that I have now is that like for sometimes for uh, non-black men, I worry that their interest is premised on is only because I'm black and not because of anything else. They're like, "Oh, black guy, okay, cool," and then
2: you're exotic,
1: right, right, right. So they have all of these kind of like fantasies about black men, and I'm like, (laughs) this probably has nothing to do with me at all. You're a fetish.
0: Um, right. and I had this yeah. experience in the UK, like how you're treated as a black person on the on the yellow pages in the UK is, and I imagine in general, majority white countries is that your blackness is become, becomes your most defining character. And so it's automatically assumed that you're masculine. it automatically assumed that you're a top and you have a big dick and you're engaged in that kind of way. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, so that so that's the issue that I have with non-black men, and then with some black men, because I mean a lot I feel like I'm doing like way too much over of these over these past couple episodes, but I'm usually interested in like men who are a little bit older than I am, and one of the difficulties that I've had in certain situations is are I attractive to you because of me, or is it because I'm like this? And and I think I've said this before in terms of like being objectified as a piece of like meat or like something to be conquered and like later discarded um so that misses me up sometimes in terms of like i don't always trust what people say but my most recent relationship one of the things we were having a conversation about food and i was like oh you know well i'm a junk foodie at heart and man actually said to me that i had to you know he's like well we're gonna have to address that because that's you're gonna have to maintain a certain kind of aesthetic in order to keep him interested when I tell you that shit fucked me up, I lost probably
0: blood cloud. What kind of dirty man that? What kind of killing <laughs>
1: that? Yeah, absolutely wild. But I ended up like losing uh around ten months over a three ten pounds rather over a three month span, and I've been feeling self conscious about it ever since because I'm like, now I can't. I'm afraid to enjoy meals in a particular kind of way because I'm like, well, if you. Don't look a certain way, then your options will be zilch, which is a which is a yeah. I mean, I don't know, wild, wild.
3: Yeah, that, that's what's actually what, what I was about to ask you guys. Like, do you guys feel pressured to ensure that you guys keep the quote unquote masculine or or, or skinny type body in the gay community?
1: So, I mean, what I what I can say though is I have met several people who the lens that they go to. To maintain some version of whatever they consider to be attractive is actually really baffling to me. So people who spend, and I mean, sure, working out, exercising, all that stuff, it's great. But the lengths that people are willing to go to, so like people spend however many hours in the gym every single day. I remember when we went on the. <laughs> okay. Also, when, when I'm sure they'll end up listening to this at this point, and I am not cheating y'all. I'm just like putting it out there for illustrative purposes.
2: <laughs> but,
1: but i mean some of the guys were lamenting the fact that there wasn't a gym at the hotel and i was like oh my goodness like we're on vacation like chill like it's not that serious or i was talking to another friend of mine maybe a year ago and i was we were having a conversation about pringles and he's like oh my god i haven't had salt in like five years and i'm like this is and i mean then there are cases where people are like you know taking drugs and like puking and all of these other kinds of messed up stuff but And again, to my earlier point, this is something that depending on the kind of friend group that we have, we end up feeding into it in really unhealthy ways. So the kind of like sad comments that people make to each other or the lack of validation or I remember there was also a point where um, a friend of mine kept being like, oh, like you look so skinny as a way of like saying that you look so good. And I was like, the message it was sending to me was in order to be validated or affirmed, Mm -hmm. I needed to either look the way that I did or like keep losing Wait, which is like not the kind of message that we should be sending to each other
0: all right so for me, yeah, I, f- oh
2: go ahead Claybury.
0: oh yeah so i'll be very quick because we just make a quick preaching point that um so i talked about about the muscle queens being in there is this cult of the muscle queen um and what that is in my mind is like So in order to get access to men that meet the standard of masculinity or the muscle standard of masculinity, you yourself have to become that standard because they only fuck with each other. And so these girls are going out of their way to make sure that they look like a certain thing so that they can access that. And I mean, for some people, gym is just about feeling healthy. It's just about um, maintaining a certain body image, a, a certain image of self that you have. But for a lot, it's about getting access to that core group of people and their confidence is squared on having that body i know granted i've always so i've always been skinny my family's skinny although half of my family's skinny half is um bigger and i want to stay with the skinny half i'm gonna i'm gonna admit that because of the social conditioning that tells me that skinny is better but also i i I don't put on weight easily so there's also that and even though i'm interested in starting in the gym for me it's never been about bulking up to that standard of masculinity. Come I on, I'm never going to ever be masculine, nor do I want to be. It's about getting to that point where I kind of see myself. I call it my final form. And that's what it's about to kind of answer Orion's question. Like, I, there was a time in my life, because I, I posted a pic uh, today to say, why is it good thing God intervened when he did? There was a pic on Twitter about um, how you look ten, uh, 10 years ago. And there was a point in my life, and it was around that time where um, I wasn't comfortable looking into mirrors and I used to avoid them. I didn't. I wasn't where I wanted to be, but man, now what but my slowly, yeah, I slowly got to the point where I love looking at myself. Granted, the hair helps and being closer to my final form, quote unquote, helps. But for me, it's about affirming what I want me to look like on the inside based on my conception of self and less about meeting standards of masculinity because now, I want people who want me for me, not for me to
2: what they want me to be. But come to Carib though. My preaching done. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean for me it's never it was not ne- I've never felt like that pressure to um to like conform to some type of masculinity or to try to fit in because I've literally given up. Like Nico will, we're, we're taking photos, and he'll be like, Save, "Serve me trade," and it was like, "What? No, I, I can't do that." <laughs> like my friend, and I've shared this in the last on, on, on a previous episode. My friend, we were talking about coming to Jamaica, and he was like, "I don't think you'll be able to survive here. Like you're you're too out." And he wasn't saying that I was too out, but he was also saying that I was too comfortable, like with myself, in order, like in, in order to like go back to my old community and be able to like. Um, blend in or go under the radar in ways that I tried my best to while I was living in Jamaica. But apart from that pressure from, of of, of um, fitting into this kind of like masculine mold, the pressure that I think I've um, perhaps put on myself is in a way to kind of divert attention away from my femininity or my fatness. I think that's how at one point at least, my love for clothes started because I figured if I was wearing something, if they had something else to compliment or something else to see, then they wouldn't recognize just how fat I am or how feminine I was. And so for a long time, as much as I really wanted to wear certain items of clothing, I wouldn't wear it because then that would just bring the the, the attention back to my femininity. Um, And now I'm beyond that. where I'd wear whatever I want and I'll shop in whatever section of the store I want to um, shop in. But I think that's really kind of, trying. I guess, owning my, um, my ish. Um, that's kind of how my love for adorning myself started because I was really just trying to divert attention from um, the other parts of me that I was told was not attractive mm-hmm. or um, didn't make me desirable. Anybody find themselves doing mm-hmm. something like that? I don't, I don't know, know if it was it, just yeah. me or...
0: You know, supposed to make your body flatter. So I'm going to know if that's a part of it. Um, I mean, you we wear flattering clothes because at the end of the day, I feel like um, trying to dress your body in a way that pleases your idea of self is not a negative thing. Um, and, and and that can be whatever it is for you. So, I mean, I don't think, I I haven't experienced that. But while we think about that, I would love to hear from Oren whether he thinks the designation of bear has uh, provided him with a space to be, to feel good about how he is or whether or not that has helped at all. Because, I mean, there's twins, there's bears, and so there's, out, like, you know, we are room.
2: These <laughs> tribes, right?
0: Yeah, to feel comfortable with how your body is, potentially. So I'd love to hear. I was just
2: about to ask that question.
0: Get out of my head, Glenroy, you? Of course I I mean,
3: um, for me, it, I guess that... <sighs> Let me see. Um, I'm comfortable with my body at this point. Like I know what I look like. I know what attracts what, what what attracts to me and what I am attracted to. So I'm very comfortable with my body, and I really enjoy like looking in the mirror and seeing my body. I mean, improvement can always um, happen, but um, I like my body. When it regards of being in the the beer community, I'm not so much in to that community. I mean. I people ass- associate <laughs> people associate um, me me with with that type of group, but um, I don't really like go out of my way to find other people that are classified as a beer type um, like myself.
0: Hmm. I, I, but I guess. My is there a reason is-
3: for that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't really have a reason for it to be honest it's just i'm attracted to whatever i'm attracted to so it i don't see i i don't think it's it's like anything that's internal i just don't go out of my way to say okay i need to go to like this beer club or i need to find people like my size to be comfortable I, i i i don't go out my way to to do that if if for instance if i do go to a party and it's it's um, a bunch of like twinks we call them or uh mustard heads, or our our beer or our super chubs like i'm i feel comfortable in whatever group so i i don't see myself like going out of my way to to associate myself with the beer category
0: so what does that Con, where does that confidence come I, from
1: that kind of I, I sure I saw, I
3: saw one yeah one i feel like build up number one self, you know to, to be honest because um when i was younger i, I wasn't a, a, a chubby child it's like since recently when when I, I moved to america and started being lazy sitting down for like the first two years not doing anything not even school you know eating and all that type of stuff and um I'm, I'm I'm a chef by by profession, so I, I eat a lot. I taste a lot, so the the weight come on, and it's like I I feel I I don't know. It just feel organically comfortable. I mean, sometimes it's like I do say okay, cause when, when I'm with my friends, one my friend them do fat shame in a way, but in a jokingly way, um, they do fat shame me or you need to lose some weight or you need to lose that. But internally, I don't say i don't feel a need to say okay i need to go to the gym to to, to appeal to anyone else it's more for me like if if, I, if i'm confident in my body and i am i can do whatever i want i don't i don't need to to please anyone you get me
1: i just want to say really quickly uh so a colleague of mine shout out to sunny one of the things he was saying to me a few years ago was you know we have this language now for uh queer men in terms of like tribes to, as a way to the, kind, of, kind of categorize um, physical body types. But he was also saying most of these categories weren't made for like black people, right? So he was, he was saying something with this idea of like, when we think of a daddy, it's often like an older white bearded, bearded guy. And often the fact that we had to say things like, you know, an Asian daddy or a black daddy Evidence is the fact that these categories weren't made for black people. So even the idea of a twink, the kind of the initial image that usually comes to our head, to our mind is, you know, someone who is precisely. And so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm necessarily that invested in Mm -hmm. this idea of, of, of tribes. Um, We're using them right now because it is uh, centered around the experiences of white men really uh, so i don't know
0: i totally agree with you on that um because i actually was making the point that you know twinks don't refer to black people generally because you don't call me a twink and so like just back to the grinder conversation i was never treated as a twink i was black so i was a top and i was a top with a big dick and that was the whole i was understood so there was no question of what my um the, the subsections of what my body meant because black meant one thing um and so I, I definitely agree with you on that observation um and i guess what i would i think would be useful for us to think through as well um it's kind of how each of us have kind of invested ourselves because i was listening to t.s madison at all the she did uh back in the day she was writing about food actually and Vegetarians, but then she talked about trans women and the rate at which they're being murdered. And I guess maybe somewhat controversially, she talked about how each of us contributed to that. And you know, she'll say, like, gay men who kiki about with transphobia and um, the ways in which some trans women perpetuate transphobia and stuff like that. So I'm guessing, how have we um, on this podcast, and we can begin to think about that, how how are we perpetuating some of the very things that um, cause? Um, other members of our communities to feel negatively about their bodies, to um to feel ashamed about their bodies. How do we contribute to fat shaming and fat phobia and things like that or femme phobia and things like that? It's something that maybe we can start to think about and begin un- to undo the work um, of that. So for me personally, um, I will say to people that I can be fat phobic and it's not necessarily something I'm proud of, um, but it's something that I can acknowledge and it's not necessarily that I say fatphobic things or that I engage actively in it. It's just that I know that when it comes to bodies that I, that I instinctively see as valuable and desirable, I know it's not a fat body. I know it's not a bigger body unless it's, and why is that? Honestly, I I mean, I'm going to own up and say that's just my conditioning. And that's something that I've acknowledged that it exists. I, I know I would prefer somebody who is more lithe, more slim or somewhat built. I'm not interested in like muscle guys like that. I'm interested in somebody closer to my body type or just a little bit slim built kind of type. And um, So can I, sorry, can
1: I ask you a question then, Glenory? Yeah. If, if, if someone comes up to you then and says, uses that same logic as to why they might not want to date a black person, what would you say?
0: I mean would I leave them alone What I say what would,
1: what would you
3: say if they use it in um, the saying that okay they're using the same analogy to saying why they, want, they don't want to date somebody that's femme?
0: So in my mind it's I am so once you say you don't date feminist I leave you alone. I, my issue has always been people acknowledging where that comes from Just to not I don't use the excuse of I like what I like. I say I am fat phobic. Because that's me acknowledging that this is something that i will have to work on it's not that i haven't had sex with or engaged with people who are bigger i have it's just that they're not generally where i start when i think about attractiveness which is the result of my conditioning which is what i acknowledge um I and can I, appreciate and, that So for me it's people not acknowledging that what they consider valuable what they consider valuable or sexy comes from a system and a place it's not inherent it's not oh this is, I just happened to f-. no, we're we're taught things and we're conditioned. And um I you don't know it's actively <laughs> I work on the conditioning, but I'm aware of it and that's <laughs> and I'll admit that.
3: And that's fair, that's the truth. <laughs>
0: hmm. okay, okay, somebody tell me something. listen to me, let me tell you what me do. As far as the head issues concerned. Me, so I'm one of the few people are uh, in Jamaica um, who put my face on grinder in Jamaica car moy no be. And then these days I'm starting with my Instagram private because as I click on the Instagram they're not silly in at the heels. We need no, we need you for know anyway, because the you use femphobic language they are less. But me respect myself way too much and I love my femininity way too much for you to for me to allow you in my space with your femphobic narratives. Femphobia disqualifies you from accessing me and not the other way around. And so I put myself out there and I acknowledge what, and I celebrate what society tells me that I should not celebrate because who are endorse and the product will be me, and therefore you are disqualified for me. And so that's what my approach is. So I would never be in a position where somebody's like, oh, well, I don't. Think. People say, oh, okay, good. Because usually when it comes to it these days, I often introduce the, 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 the issue of femininity into the conversation because I need to see a response from the get-go. And me don't want to let me add there later. I'm a fucking catch. And I'm aware of this. And because of that, I'm not going to tolerate anybody else in my space that devalues parts of me. So that's how I approach this situation. Uh, yeah.
1: did, did you always have that kind of confidence or like self... Um, what is it? Self-conception? I, guess? So I
0: always had a form of confidence. Um, what it's based on has changed over time. But I've always had a kind of strong sense of self and valuing self, what happened is that I used to have this false physical image of myself. And then once I recognized what that image was in my later years and how I actually looked, it took a time to get used to that. But once I started getting used to that and dressing that in ways that made me feel beautiful and but did not detract from who I was, then I started to kinda of redevelop or have a true sense of confidence because no know exactly overlook and know my act gal and so it has transformed over time. Mm, okay.
1: Um okay. I'm trying to like gauge how much time we have based on what we've already done. Wait, girl, but out, I did want to ask we're about an okay we're are, okay. So I mean well we have about like maybe eight minutes that we to yeah, end up putting out of but I wanted to ask and this might seem like, I don't know, not a weird or a cliche, but whatever. Like, when do you feel most beautiful? And when you imagine the best version of yourself, like, what does that look like?
0: Picture it, Sicily, 1943. <laughs> <laughs> I do love I'm a good girl, girl, girl. But my best version of myself is... Probably not any other kids that I have no I'm going something new. But if I think mm. of a best version of myself, in recent times, it was me, when my hair was just dyed, in the red tartar and the red heels, giving that presentation at the Amplifon launch. And that was me in my truest form, doing my advocacy, but still looking like that bitch in the room. And so it's any time I'm able to kind of fully demonstrate my creative vision of who I can be. So in the future, whether it is wings, whether it is um, gold, gold-plated armor, whatever coming on my head, that must be that a way that day, day, are heels, whatever it is, it's kind of me owning my femininity and celebrating my femininity. Whatever my hair looks like, it's just me celebrating those parts of me, however that manifests at the time. So... And that's when I feel oh and I right, So the other part of it is when I feel like more sexy is that because I'm my so this Instagram somebody message this Instagram story, they message me, and they all Bobby behave them. I get free promo cause I'm nice. All <laughs> Bobby behave them say like lingerie for gaming and We're like well, But there is gaming. I need be honest. And, oh, so like me, buy this red strap, shopping stuff from them, and some black strap and some. that some more things I come from the away, but like all them something and yeah. I feel like really hot and sexy at them, something like that. I'm a bottom of a show. I'm a bottom of a big, but it's like proportionate to my body. I, even though I try to like, make it lift up, and so I kind of I mean, look more below the chin. So all of it is showing. But yeah, that one was very sexy. So I look like a, a young man on the road in a kitchen, I'm going to heal him. I want to look like a, a dominatrix in the bedroom. My dog. Oh. <laughs> all right. Anybody else here? Yeah?
3: I'm sorry, <laughs> um uh, I would say women have money, <laughs> but no um i i I feel good about myself every day, and I guess when we really get to like dress up and like go out and and, and just be myself, I think that's where I feel most most comfortable,
1: Mr. Willis,
3: Carnell.
2: Um, I'm with Glenroy right there. Like when I'm, what am I echoing? Because I feel like I am. I'm not right. Not your okay. When I am, let's see. When everybody's just gagging because I stepped in the room and I'm, you know, trying to play all coy and shy like this, this whole thing. Oh God, no. Um, I feel my best self when I am dressed from head to toe. Nails done, hair done, fresh shape up. Um, my outfit is just ooh, and it's just ah, and I I can't even find the adjectives for it. Um, when I'm in my heels, four inches and above, because anything under that, I'm heel shaming some of you. Um <laughs> and I'm just like giving life and I just see people's reaction to me. That's when I feel my best self, and it's not that it's like you know, tied to anybody's reaction because even if anybody sees me and I'm in that same outfit, I still feel just as good. But I'm not gonna sit here and act like those compliments don't do something for me. Like remember Cornel when we went to Miami and I wore those rip shorts with my with my pumps darling and I was at we were at the drag brunch and I was just yes, doing ma'am. the most. And I was just doing the most, the drag Queens went on break long story short, the drag Queens went on break and there's a song that came on and who was working the middle honey with the fan and had like this whole bridal crew coming up to me afterwards, asking me for, um, for, for photos and so on like, Oh my God, where are you guys hanging out tonight? You guys seem like so much fun. Like that's when I feel like my best self because then I'm just like, all right, I am being all of me. I can embrace all of me and, people are out there who embrace all of me, um, just the same. And I just, I, I love that feeling. I live for that feeling, even now for this conference. Like I am going there, like, look, here I am, bitch. See me and gag, honey. Like get your life, do whatever it is that you want, but you're going to acknowledge me because you're going to see me regardless. So, I mean, yeah, I love, I'm with you, Blake. I love when I'm, um, and then the next part, no, you're talking about, because the I Eddie... And by the way, I feel have I share a story on my Instagram because man, I like to buy some new pieces. So remember, some married my marriage, I have to keep it nice and sweet and sexy. But well, yeah, that, um, yeah, 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 when, when I'm wearing those little lacy things or those little my negligee, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I see like my husband's reaction, even when I'm dressed and I see his reaction, I'm just like, oops, Okay, got you still looking. All right. Alright, Daddy. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I feel my best selves. Um, but lately, and I'm gonna shut up and give somebody else a chance. Lately, I've been embracing myself when I'm not myself when I'm not that polished or refined or in the head-to-toe um garments um and pieces um, like just the other day I was looking at myself, my hair wasn't retwisted and my nails had grown out. Um, and I was looking at myself like, Ooh, okay, sis." even last night when I was, um, when we were, rec- last night, when we were, rec- um, I posted a photo on Instagram and I was, I just looked in, I was, I was feeling myself and I was just like, oh, you know, this is a little cute. You could post this. I mean, your hair is not done. Your face is not shaped up or nothing, but this is, you still bad. And I, and I posted that photo with that confidence. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning to embrace all of me in that sense. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah,
0: because it's not about being perfect. I, although I'm still a way out of the corner, it's in the gateway. Um, but it's not about being perfect. It's just about seeing you and, and, and appreciating you in whatever quote unquote imperfections and flaws and whatever. And I know that sounds cliche as hell, but really, it's when you understand yourself and know what you come with, and I think already really says it, like you know all your still, right. but being able to celebrate all your steer as all your right. stare, I think that's where you'll always... Well, that's for me, and I think for what everyone else has described, you feel like your best self, but you're kind of, and it feels like self, so, so I look what I'm for. <laughs> I mean, so to one of the
1: points that y'all were talking about, I... I try to, as best as I can, I try not to uh, portray an image of myself that I don't think is representative of what I look like. So I know people manipulate their, I don't know, their outfits in a way to create a certain kind of aesthetic or people use certain kinds of filters or make adjustments. And one of the concerns I've had is I never want someone to be disappointed when they meet me in real life. And so... One of the beautiful things for me is when a man looks at all of you um, as you are, or as I am, I guess, and they're like, well, and I mean, I don't know, I I feel like I'm doing all of these romantic descriptions of late. But basically, they see you naked, and they are about that life, Um, not just because of I don't know, not because they are, they are horny, but they're, they're just appreciating you as a person. I think is really, is really nice. A friend of mine was saying that, okay. So he was talking about, well, one friend was talking to another, another friend and they're like, Oh my God, like Cornell's so handsome. And I'm like, stop. Let's not, let's not do this. And he's like, you know, once Cornell figures out the confidence issue, there will be no stopping him. And so I look forward to a day when the confidence part of things has been, you know, fixed and solved. I don't know what that
0: looks like. Girl, you just need three... No, I'm Six months with me. Me sat out.
2: <laughs> me
0: stay just straight. Can you not see when me ask say? But I'll make
2: you sing it, bitch. You must I'm, say, girl in the right, help me. make um. think with me and you with me. You, you? <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Because I, I try.
0: No, you stop. You're yes, not right. <laughs> trying, girl. let see it. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Thanks y'all for
1: listening and staying with us. If you want to reach out to us, we are the well, we are Fishy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to contact us via email, you can find us at fishypodcast at gmail We really want to hear from you, so keep the comments, emails, messages, Thank all that good stuff happen, and we will see you same time next week.
2: And if you remember. And remember, if you don't love yourself, how the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen?
0: They're <laughs> to Thank you for coming, Orange. Um, Thank you for talking to us. We really appreciated your perspective. Um, it was fun to hear a deeper voice in the room. <laughs> um, and as I always like to say, stay sophisticated. Bye. Bye. <laughs>